0: Tango Tango Papa 2121, September 2nd, 2022. Have we seen the actual reality of a monstrous crime? Or merely an illusion, the product of a tortured brain? loud good morning good afternoon good evening Tom Wiles here we're coming to you from home uh, so I'm recording this in video and it's uh, you know if you're torturing yourself watching this uh, kudos to you because uh, it, it seems like every time I do this it's you know with a video set up about once a month everything changes uh now of course in this case there was a new part of it is new uh software so this OBS studio there was a new version and i probably you know i said do you want to upgrade yeah i guess so so they i don't know things kind of change around a little bit the interface doesn't really change but then the problem is the uh I seem to keep having trouble with volume levels changing and, you know, so on and so forth. So it's kind of a – I guess if I was using this all the time, you know, like day in and day out, it would be a different story. But I kind of – in between, I kind of remember how to make it work and then you think, well, you shut it down, you start it back up. A month later, it should be the same but it's not necessarily. So – Anyhow, I have been home for the past uh, several days. I got home uh, at two around two fifteen a.m. something like that on uh, Monday morning, and so uh, <laughs> after that, I you know I uh, did sleep a little bit. Of course, I had. Uh, kind of messed my hours up, uh, with the load that I had, uh, picked a load up, the, the load that I kind of, that got me home, basically, I picked it up in, uh, Fort Morgan, Colorado, kind of late in the evening, and uh, I slept that day, I knew that it was going to pick up late, and so I drove all night to get to, uh, or a good chunk of the night, I, I stopped, uh, I guess it was near McPherson, Kansas, and like 4.30 in the morning or whatever, and so then I took a 10-hour break there and uh, got going again in the afternoon, the load that I had delivered to uh, Carthage, Missouri, and so there was no empty trailer at Carthage, of course, and so then they said, okay, it's okay to bobtail home, so that's what I did, so I got home, like I said, about 2.15 in the afternoon, or in the evening, or morning, actually, so it was the middle of the night, and, uh, got to bed, I guess I did go to bed. It was around four, four o'clock or something. And then I got up, uh, cause I kind of knew what I was going to be doing. Uh, the new vehicle bug has, you know, ended up, has been biting at me for probably the last month. And so I, uh. I guess it was about 9 o'clock or so, I made a trip up to a car dealership, McClarty Daniel, uh, you know, it's like a Ram dealer, Ram truck dealer, and of course they've got the Chrysler, you know, a bunch of different Chrysler products, uh, up in Bentonville. Now, the reason that I chose them was because I like their website. They have a, McClarty Daniel is a, Big dealership, and so they've got mo- actually multiple dealerships with uh, multiple brands. So I think they're selling Chevrolets at you know some of the dealerships, this GM products, and then they're selling Ford products somewhere else, and uh, you know, so on and so forth. So they've it's a overall, I think, whoever McClarty Daniel. Is as a business organization, they own multiple dealerships. But in any case, I went to the one in uh, to the uh, Ram, the truck dealers, you know, where they're selling Ram trucks. And in Bentonville, they they I liked their website. I liked the way it worked, uh, the way you could browse the inventory, and they're you know kind of really giving you all kinds of information. And they seem to be very transparent. So. I made a trip up there, uh, so I got there probably, I don't know, it might have been 9, 10 o'clock in the morning, and uh, several hours later I uh, emerged, you know, I traded off my old 98 F-150, traded it off for a uh, 2022 Ram 1500, and uh, so I posted pictures of it on Facebook, Uh, not long after I got it so if you're watching the video there's the like uh, one picture of it and then there's the kind of more from the front so I'm very happy with it Uh, that was probably the best uh, new car buying experience that I've ever had Uh, you know it was really you know it took it, it always takes some period of time to buy a, a new vehicle you know it's always kind of a slow process but uh, they didn't pressure me at all they they basically gave me you know they approached me and they kind of I guess I see I'm kind of easy going and I'm not uh, you know whatever, you know I don't know if you know if that figured into it a whole lot. But they sort of broached me, you know, this is this is our best price. And, of course, I knew they weren't going to give me much for the trade-in because, it was say, you know, it's a 98 F-150. The thing is ancient, uh, you know, with 147,000 miles on it. So it's low mileage, you know, considering it's a 98 because if you find many 98s now... Uh, if they're still still around, they're probably gonna have two three hundred thousand miles on them, you know, and I could probably have kept that and kept going with it. But to be perfectly honest, I kind of got bored with it and uh, what do you do? So, and the other, the other little justification that I've kind of done in my mind is the fact that, uh, you know, with this crazy inflation that we have, does it really make any sense to uh, try to, you know, you got money saved. Does it make any sense to uh, hang on to it because it's losing value? Uh, the prices of things, you know, are going up. So does it make any sense to hang on to that stuff or hang on to the money And as it, you know, the value kind of shrinks? Uh, So I thought, you know, that was kind of a, you know, that is a rationalization. Let's admit it. Uh, But at the same time, it's my money and I've got it, basically got it saved. So do I want to spend it or not? Am I saving it for someone else? Not really, so I might as well. It's my money. I might as well spend it. So that's what I did. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so that. So now I've got that, and I'm very happy with it. It was a very, uh, like I said, that was the easiest, uh, least pressure-laden. New vehicle buying experience I've ever had. Because the guy, you know, it, normally you go through like three different people. You know, you got the initial salesman and then you got somebody that's selling you, uh, you know, the accessories. And then you've got somebody that's selling you on the financing. And in this case, I had the initial salesperson, salesman. Uh, And then he went and talked to the finance people. Now, of course, I've got a really, like really, really good uh, credit rating and it hasn't been that long since I, you know, because I remember a few years ago I financed the car. I ended up paying it off early. And so I did go ahead and finance it because it was a little. The price was actually a little bit cheaper if I would go ahead and finance it, you know, because they give you know because of rebates and what have you, which Chrysler is actually doing. Uh, you wouldn't believe it, you know, because a lot of dealers are, you know, they're making you pay MSRP plus. Well, not if you go to the if you go to the right uh, Chrysler Corporation dealer, uh, like this McClarty Daniel. Up there in Bentonville, Arkansas, uh, I did not pay MSRP, and I've got I've got you know several thousand dollars knocked off, uh, you know, for various Chrysler, you know, so-called incentive, you know, uh, things. So I ended up paying. Well, I did go ahead and get an extended warranty that was forty three hundred dollars, but otherwise, uh, I ended up for the the end of the day i ended up walking away you know like spending forty-eight thousand dollars. you know including the you know the little bit that i got for the trade-in for the old vehicle so i and i was pretty happy with that uh you know because i was i was prepared to pay more i want I, you know i wanted you know kind of m- mid 40 ish uh is what I was expecting to pay, and so 48, but, you know, I would I did go ahead and get the extended warranty to, that pushes out the manufacturer, you know, beyond the manufacturer's warranty, which is already pretty good, but with this stuff, um, you know, being so complicated and with all the computers and what have you, you it's a really good idea to probably go ahead and uh, take advantage of the extended warranties. So, but anyway, they, you know, I had the initial salesman and he kind of dealt with the finance. So I didn't really deal directly with the finance people. Now, the, the, this other guy that, uh, you know, that his, I guess his job was to maybe sell me on options. He's, he was the one that sold me on the, you know, on the extended warranty, which I already knew that I was going to do. And then he said, I'm just going to skip all this other stuff, you know, like because a lot of dealerships will try to get you to, oh, you know, you need this and all these dealer added options and they didn't really do that. So that uh, I was really happy about that. And so I, you know, it was about two o'clock in the afternoon, I guess. I was there for probably about four hours. It was a lengthy Kind of a wait, but uh, because they, you know, kind of kept coming, going, and they, you know, sort of left me sitting there for what for long periods of time while they were talking or whatever. Uh, But you know, and it wasn't like I got to go talk to my, you know, because that's a ploy that a salesman. Oh, I have to go talk to my sales manager to see if he'll uh, allow this or whatever, and they're you know. In the meantime, they go out and have a cup of coffee or something. And I don't th- – that wasn't actually happening. So it was just a lengthy process and it usually is because uh, there's lots of paperwork that, that has to be generated and signed and what have you. So uh, now in the meantime, you know, the, the my existing pickup, when I got home, it was, I knew what I was going to be doing later in the morning. So I got home, and I, the first thing I tried to do, I've got a safe, and so the first thing I tried to do was uh, find the title for the 98 F-150. So I have this safe, and you can't really see it. I'm, you know, the image that I'm showing now, the safe's actually over here hidden in the kind of the corner of the room next to, the, next to this desk right here. So it's kind of, the view is sort of blocked. The thing, you know, but it's this safe that I bought, I don't know, years ago I bought it at uh, like Office Depot. And the thing is like super heavy and it's supposed to be uh, like fire resistant, you know, so I... Normally, I put in everything that I think is valuable that I, you know, and if, God forbid, the house burned down, then uh, hopefully that would remain intact, whatever's in the safe, because it is insulated and it's super heavy. So, but it's about the size of a portable refrigerator or a small refrigerator, you know. So, anyway, I opened the safe up and I looked. Through the stuff that I had, because that's normally where I would put the, you know, things like titles. I found titles to everything else that I own except for the 98 F-150, and I, I looked high and low. I went through it twice. It's not there, so I don't know. I have no idea what I did with the titles for that. So, you know, and there is, a, you can apply it to the state, like in now, in my case, I'm in Arkansas, you can apply to the state of Arkansas for a title recovery, you know, and so it takes about uh, three weeks, you know, that you can't really speed the process up, so it takes three weeks. So I told the dealer, you know, when I went in there initially, I told him, you know, the salesperson right off the bat, uh, I've got a problem with this uh I cannot find the title. I look high and low, and it's just not there. No problem. We have a person that uh, – so apparently this is a common problem that people have. We've got this person that uh, her, his or her job is to like once a week go down to, you know, like to one of the Arkansas revenue offices and apply for titles. Uh, and so that's – Basically, what they did, I think I had to pay like a forty dollar fee for that, but it was worth it because I couldn't find it, and I uh, wasn't—I could have tried to find, you know, apply for the title myself, but then the problem would have been it would be three weeks. So, and and it's just you know, so fortunately, they uh, were able to handle that, so you know, no problem. So that was that was fantastic because uh, that got rid of the problem. and uh, now I could I could have probably kept the truck and got the title, the old one. and uh, you know tr- tried to sell it directly. you know, I'm sure I could sell it, but and uh, made more money than what they gave them trade in. but I don't have time for that. Number one, number two that's how, you know, people hoard things like that. They get a new vehicle. And so, you, you you, know, and it's kind of shocking as you're, you know, as I drive my truck around at work, you know, I, I'm always noticing, you know, I just can't help myself. I'm either, if I'm around people, I'm kind of watching people. But if I'm around, you know, if I'm driving down the road, I have a tendency, you know, I. You know, I'm watching the traffic, but I'm also watching uh, houses as I, as I go by, where people live and what's parked there. And uh, it's fairly shocking, a good percentage of the time you have people that are, that have just a ton, you know, it's like they don't, they've got their own private junkyard where, you know, Well, I parked there, hey, here's my old vehicle, it still runs, I'm going to park it, and then they never started up for 20 years. You know, in the meantime, it's full of rats and mice or whatever, and insects. So then you have the so-called barn finds. <laughs> if you don't know what a barn to find is, uh, barn find, F-I-N-D. It's where people find cars and barns. You know that have been in been in there for years. So, but you know, so I didn't want. I don't want to. Don't want to hoard vehicles. So I just wanted rid of it. And uh you know, even though it could have probably you know, it, we could probably drive it another hundred thousand miles, of course I maintained it. So whoever gets it uh is getting a decent vehicle. I've you know, I kept up I'd changed the oil generally about every three thousand miles and you know, changed the different things and uh So it, you know, everything worked and it was in good shape except the paint was getting kind of bad, you know, and there, I don't know what, you know, there might have been a little leaking going on underneath, I'm not exactly sure because I did see some stains in the carport, you know, on the ground. So I don't know. Anyway, uh, that's gone. You know, it belongs to them and it may, for all I know, it's already at the auction because that's what, you know, with a vehicle that old, it's going to the auction. It just goes directly to the auction. So, uh, and they auction it off uh, and get whatever money they can out of it and more power to them. So, but, uh, so I got the Ram 1500 uh, with, uh, it's got the 5.7, uh, so-called hemi v8 h-e-m-i and it's because of the hemispherical something rather internally uh i'm not real sure about that i've heard that term all my life hemi 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 but uh and i know it's hemispherical like half a half a you know like a hemisphere is how the something shaped inside and i'm you know i guess i should really since i own one now i should really uh you know, know what it means, and I'm sure there's videos that I can watch on YouTube that will explain that. But, uh, so anyway, it's got the 5.7 uh, V8, just naturally aspirated, uh, what I, that's what I wanted, 8-speed automatic transmission, it's got wireless Apple CarPlay Android Auto, which the, that actually works really, really well with my uh, S22 Ultra phone that I got, I don't know, it's been a number of months ago now. The Android Auto, and it's just it's super reliable. As soon as I get in there with my phone, you know, phone in my pocket, the, th- the Android Auto is connecting within seconds, and then it just automatically resumes whatever music I've been playing. Let's say it's from Google Music. It just automatically resumes it. And uh, so that's, I'm impressed with that. Um, you know, I, the Ram trucks, if you've uh, been in a modern Ram truck, they ride really good because they've got uh, like a coil springs in the rear. So they they ride like, uh, you know, like the big, you know, it reminds me of the big, uh, the great big cars of the past, you know, that. You know, like from the maybe the eighties and nineties, that sort of floated down the road. That's kind of what this reminds me of. So it's it's really a really a smooth ride. The other thing about the Ram trucks is that they're very well uh, they have sound insulated, so they're quite uh, quiet. So there's a power driver's seat. I think automatic dimming mirror. The other thing that I really like about it is a dual-zone climate control. I've never – this is the first vehicle I've ever had that has any kind of climate control, you know, as far as automatic. That's impressive uh, because it just – you know, I've got it set on 72 and it just – whatever it does, whatever it needs to, to maintain 72. Because otherwise, driving down the road, uh, you know, like in the Freightliner. I am constantly, you know, winter, summer, it doesn't really matter. I'm constantly uh, either too warm or too cool, you know, and it's, it's an ongoing battle to try to get the temperature just right. Whereas if you've got an automated system, like an automatic climate control, it just does whatever it needs to and it just maintains the temperature, which is just fantastic. So I'm happy with that too. It's got like an eight point something uh, infotainment screen and that's impressive. it's very bright so it uh, you know you don't have any problem at all <clears throat> seeing it even in direct sunlight. it's really uh, bright and sharp uh, so I'm happy with that. Uh, I got the quad cab versus – there's a quad cab and then a crew cab. Quad cab is still four doors but it's – there's not nearly as much leg room in the back seat. Uh, But there's enough and I don't carry – I don't carry people very often anyway. So that's not a – you know it made more sense for me to get the quad cab, and then I ended up with a longer bed. I've got like a six foot bed versus the so called crew cab versions. Uh, you get this humongous back seat with humongous uh, legroom, but you get a smaller bed. And so, for me, it just made sense to go with the quad cab. And because, like I say, I'm not hauling people around, you know, very often. If You know, it's very rare that I haul anybody around. So, and I've still got a back seat. And I've got, got four doors and, uh, you know, so if I want to haul, you know, stick something back there, it's easy, just, you know, like groceries or whatever. Just, it's easy just to put them back there, you know, open the door and put them in the, you know, whatever. You know, because there's still a substantial amount of room back there. It's just not as much leg room. So, but people still fit. Uh, You know, and have the bigger uh, box on the back as far as the, you know, as far as, you know, the six-foot bed. So, anyway, uh, that's impressive. Uh, You know, the... Overall, I'm very impressed with it. Uh, really, really pleased with my choice. And one of the reasons I went with, you know, I'm not really brand loyal when it comes to to vehicles. I've had, uh, I've owned vehicles from every corporation, you know, the, like as far as the domestic ones. I've had GM vehicles. I've had, I had a, the very first vehicle that I've, had was a 62 chrysler that my dad dad bought me and it was uh you know it was kind of a you know it was a 62 you know 62 1962 vehicle and so it had its problems and it was kind of wore out and uh, vehicles in those days didn't last very long so but that was my first vehicle, and then after that, I think the next one was a Ford Maverick, which that was kind of didn't like it maybe made it to about a hundred thousand miles and it was a complete rust bucket by then and uh, you know it so it uh, it had its pro- it had its share problem certainly. So I've had you know, and I've had Chevrolet vehicles, or you know, basically that's from General Motors. So I've had a couple of Chevrolet, you know, like older Chevrolets, uh, Chevrolet pickup there for a while, and then a like a sedan, you know, like a this full so-called full-size sedan, like a '82 um, Caprice. I had that for. I don't know, for some period of time. So, and then I've had uh, like the Ford pickup that I've had for the last 20 years. And I've had, a you know, like another Ford pickup. And I had an Isuzu pickup, if you remember those, that I put about, a, I don't know, 115,000 miles on before I got rid of it. So I've had, uh, you know, and then, of course, the toy, the Toyota that I bought in 2017, the car. So I've had a a variety of vehicles and, uh, you know, so I don't really – I'm not really brand loyal. So I – but, you know, my dad's always been big on Ford. So dad and both younger brothers have kind of – you know, they kind of stick with Fords. But the problem now with the Ford vehicles is the fact that, uh, you know, I'm hearing bad things about their quality control lately. And you know, especially since the virus uh, problem, so in any event, uh, you know, you know, and I think Ram's quality is, you know, the build quality is great. As far as the way that th- the way that truck is put together, it's just really solid. Like I say, it's just it's very quiet. Uh, it's very, you know, and it seems to, you know. Of course, with the, the five point seven V8, it's very powerful, and uh, really happy with it. Uh, and the, you know, RAM for some reason they're they're also they're they're building vehicles, whereas the other manufacturers seem to be uh, struggling a lot more. You know, and and so RAM maybe you know for years and years you know for decades. The F-150 has been the best-selling vehicle, and I think that that's in danger of changing. That is actually in danger of uh, changing. That could, you know, end up swinging to ram. So, you know, there you go. But Ford may have made some, you know, they may have drank the, the woke Kool-Aid, You know, and that's, uh, you got to be careful about drinking the Kool-Aid, you know, and of course the woke thing. We're facing this woke, it's basically, it's a woke, think of it as a woke doomsday cult. And that's really what it is. And I, the basis of it, or you know, my first encountering, I I got sold on it. And that was the, you know, Paul Ehrlich, Population bomb. You know, he wrote this book back whenever it was and I believed it. I believed, oh my God, there's this, pop the population's increasing and we're all, its we're all going to starve to death. It's going to be doomsday. And I really believed that. And that's a dangerous thing to believe because then you can just, you begin to just, you begin to uh, base your Decisions, you know, you can base some really important decisions on what you believe. That was a belief, you know, I kind of believed. Oh my God, you know, there's this population bomb, and we're all gonna starve to death. You know, it's we're gonna die, and the planet will die, and God, have, you know, all this stuff, and uh, it's garbage it's a garbage belief but it's it's a dooms it's that's part of the doomsday cult now fortunately I you know don't believe that anymore we're not facing a population bomb we're we're facing a population big population decline but these you know it's a doomsday cult so there's a it's a woke part of a woke doomsday cult. Or you could also say death cult, but doomsday obviously leads to death. And so a lot of people have drank the Kool-Aid and they've, you know, they've continued to drink the Kool-Aid. And they, they believe that, uh, you know, well, we got to get rid of the fossil fuels. And so a few years ago you had the Greta Thunberg thing where she, how dare you, you know. You find you just look up greta Thunberg how dare you and you know if you haven't seen that most people have probably seen it although there's some that haven't uh but anyway she was speaking at Davos and you know to the world economic forum and got them all uh she's a really good actress as far as being dramatic but anyway she uh and her parents i think were exploiting her at that point because she was like 15 or 16. And so these people all, oh, we can't invest in fossil fuels anymore, finding new ones. we That's the past. we got to invest in the future. Green energy, solar energy, blah, 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 blah. And so that's what they did. And so that's one of the reasons why the energy prices are going up is because they stopped exploring. They cut back on it. You know, and some of the oil companies themselves are you know shutting down refineries oh well this is this isn't the future anymore the future's green green grass whatever so in the meantime everything relies on in large part on diesel fuel and gasoline fossil so called fossil fuels that's the only reason I exist. That's the only reason you exist, whoever you are, whoever's listening to this. You exist because of inexpensive energy from so-called fossil fuels. Every, all the food that you, you go to the supermarket or wherever you get your food, wherever you're buying your food from, it was grown with diesel. It was grown with diesel fuel. It was harvested with diesel fuel. It was hauled around with diesel fuel. You take the diesel fuel away, you starve. Period. So this idea that, oh, we're going to stop this and not, you know, we're going to cut back our lifestyle or whatever, it's not just a matter of cutting back your lifestyle. You're going to starve. And so there's going to be people. I don't th- I think people are probably waking up from the doomsday cult at this point. At least some of them are. And uh, some of them are still true believers. They're still, they're still drinking the Kool-Aid. But uh, some people are waking up from it, but it's too late now. So you, you're going to have people that are... Uh, actually going to be starving as a result of this. Look at Sri Lanka. It's already happening. It's already happening. Mass hysteria is a dangerous thing, and this is basically mass hysteria. But it's part of a, a, a woke doomsday cult and like I said, I was part of it initially. I I really did believe that you know you go back thirty years. I really did believe that uh, that the uh, pop there's this population bomb, and we were all gonna end up uh, just you know suffering some sort of horrible. Horrible future because there were you know there'd be people dying and a shortage of everything and whatever well yeah you can end up with that if you end up with mass hysteria you know and people stop producing energy because of the mass hysteria you can't use nitrogen to farm with well where do you why do you how do you think your food grows you know so there's and it's basically the, so it's a, the woke doomsday cult attack. And, uh, you know, you want your zombies? There you go. There they are. Wake up. Like I say, the reason we exist is because of cheap energy. That's the reason we have a society. That's the reason we have uh, that, it's, that it's able to function. Take that away. Ain't going to work. You're going to starve. There's no future. You know, so it's uh, in the meantime there will be people starving. There already are, and I think there's going to be more of them. You know, and and we're all guilty. I I consider myself guilty for you know because there was a period of time where I was promoting the idea just by talking to people, because I was a true believer, I, I promoted the idea of the population bomb for a, a, probably a number of years. I really did believe that. So whatever I suffer uh, as a result of uh, the general mass hysteria that's going on, I deserve it. Sorry. You know, because I, I helped promote it and it, it, but it is a woke do- that 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 was the start of the woke doomsday cult. You know that it's kind of pervaded every level of society. It's uh, gotten you know, of course, it's infected the schools. You know, so you could think of me going around talking about doomsday. You know, the doomsday. You know, population bomb. At the same time, I'm decrying the fact that the school system screwed up. You know, so it's like I've got the infection and I'm. Decrying the fact that uh, people are becoming infected, worse, you know, you know, with some maybe a v- worse version of whatever the mind virus is, and it's a, it's basically like a mind virus. And again, I, this can't be overemps- overemphasized. A human, the way the human mind works, we have to, we have it's it's a system. It works on a system of faith. We worship whatever we give our attention to, and if we're worsh, there's the right thing that we can worship, and basically, kind of all get along. And uh, you know, if we've got the right, if we've got the right narrative, you know, and you could say, well, Christianity's a pretty good version of it. It's not perfect, but it's it's a it's a good version of of an uh, an overarching narrative. For a society to have, because that's how what, what Western society, our society was founded on, and it's worked pretty well. It's not perfect, but it's worked pretty well. Uh, of course, it's always got these people attacking it, but uh, you take that away, and then people will, you know, just splinter off into all kinds of different cults. So you have this woke, uh doomsday cult that we've you know that's kind of dominated and then you've got people that are worshiping just all kinds of different things and, and so but the way our minds work we must worship things. Whatever we give our attention to we're worshiping. The way our minds work, uh the world is way too complicated for us to to know all the details so we you know the mind work comes up with uh functional models of reality and we place our faith into that into the reality and so we you know and we end up placing making decisions based on the things that we really do believe You know, and it's not a matter of what do I say I believe. It's, uh, you know, it's more reflected in what's my behavior. What is my actual behavior? I can say that I believe in this and believe in that all day long, but it comes down to brass tacks with the behavior. So, anyway, I think I'm going to be wrapping this up. I'm meeting a friend for lunch. Um... So I'm going to kind of need to be getting around a little bit. Uh, So I think I'm going to bring this to a close. So hope everyone uh, has had a great week. Hope you have a great weekend coming up. And I will catch you later. Remember, Trucker Tom is like Visa. He's everywhere you want to be. Product reviews, restaurant reviews, photos, opinions, and more. Visit Trucker Tom's website at www.truckerphoto.com. You've been listening to Trucker Tom's podcast, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. All you have to do is send us an email to tom at truckerphoto.com.